The Dental Brief is brought to you by Omni Premier Marketing and the amazing guests who bring wisdom and advice that you can put to use to take your business and practices to the next level. Find us on Facebook and join the conversation. Get ready to grow because we are kicking off the next episode in three, two, one. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of The Dental Brief. I'm so fortunate to have two guests on the program today. Unfortunately, still recording from home, still working on the office issues, um, but I'm very thankful for uh, what we're going to do today on the episode and what you're going to hear. Uh, let me go ahead and introduce um, the both of you, Abby Vickery and Becca McKinnon. Say hello. Hey. We're super grateful to be on today with you. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad to have you here. I like, I like it when we have a, a couple of guests on the show at the same time. It always makes it fun and interesting. I know that you're both life coaches, right? Is that a good term or is that a bad term? It works. It's kind of a fluffy term, but we're okay with it. It, it is. <laughs> you're right. And that's why I ask about that. I, and I think, I think because there's been so many people that have kind of poured into that, that really don't have the experience or the ability to coach others or themselves for that matter, that it's gotten fluffy. Um, but obviously there's a lot of great people that are helping other people grow and get places faster, further and faster. Why don't you tell me how, why, why work with dentists? And I know you work with other professions too, but why dentists? How'd you get involved in this niche? So we actually got involved with uh, the dental community really organically. So I, I have been immersed in that community as, as a child because my stepdad is a dentist and then my husband is in the field. And so it's kind of just been a really natural thing. Mm -hmm. Becca and I work together on Thrive by Design, which is something we've been developing for the past few years. And we've been serving the dental community with that by speaking at conferences and by doing coaching. And so fell into it very naturally uh, in that way. And then also just really realized as we dug in that there is a tremendous need, just like there is in, in other areas, other focus areas. Uh, but dentists are going through a lot. Their teams are going through a lot, especially post-COVID. Yeah. And so we really found that what we were bringing through Thrive was a very natural and needed fit uh, for the dental community. What we're finding is, you know, it, it's the helpers, it's the people who are serving others that are yeah. being the hardest hit with burnout. And so there really is a lot of crossover in, in all areas of healthcare. You know, our origins are in education, but uh, the more we work with people across the spectrum, the more we're finding that people are experiencing the same things, regardless of profession. Right. Yeah, it definitely seems to be exaggerated in some. I, I say this all the time. I there is this thing that I think happens in sit in the online communities. <clears throat> I'm sure it's happening in real life too, where dentists do tend to think that a lot of the problems that they have are specific to dentists and dentistry where they're, they're not. And I think that isolates yourself and makes you feel like you have it harder than you actually do. But a lot of the problems that people are having and business owners are having are not specific to one business, right? It's across the board right. in coaching. Well, I do talk about this if you've listened to episodes in the past in regards to coaching. A lot of people don't want to work with a coach. They don't think they need a coach. They think it's a waste of time. They think it's a waste of money. What do you say to that person right now to try to get them open to listen to the rest of this program? What do you say to them to get them interested? Well, I mean, a part of it is, and, and we've been discussing this a lot, is 
kind of doing some some digging, some self-awareness work. Like, okay, so if I was to take myself several years ago, I would have said, I didn't need a coach. I can take care of myself. I can work through this. And the more different people we've worked with and talked to, and of course, the incredible benefit of hindsight, you know, we've both been through burnout. This is part of what drives us to help others is that when you're in the midst of it, you don't see what you need. And even if you were to just have a conversation with a coach, an exploratory conversation, I think it really opens people's eyes to what, you know, even just bouncing ideas off of another person and talking it through, it really increases self-awareness and, and helps you kind of get out of the fog or the bubble that you, that you might be in because of your circumstances. Right. Yeah. It's, you know, we see it in sports. I talk about sports too. You see it in sports. All great athletes have coaches. We see it. We never question it. No one has ever gone, what the heck is LeBron James doing with a coach on his team? That doesn't make any sense. But really in all high performing people, it really doesn't matter if it's sports or if it's business or one who writes books, they have coaches, right? This is a really mm -hmm. common thing. We just don't seem like we do in sports, right? Right. So yeah, go ahead, Abby. Yeah. No, I was just going to say, I, I think that, you know, I have interacted uh, with coaching myself uh, personally and yeah. it was really, and I'm a therapist. So, you know, being able to have that experience and really have somebody really objectively ask me forward thinking questions and what are your goals and how can I help you run towards those goals? You know, it's, it's very solution focused, which is one of the theoretical orientations that I, you know, really align with therapeutically. And so that it's, it's been a, a tremendous help to me, which makes me excited to then, you know, work up alongside my clients. Yeah. And one of the yeah, things that, oh, go ahead. No, go ahead, Becca. Yep. I just say, you know, we were talking about the term life coach feeling fluffy and, yeah. you know, really when we talk about coaching, we, we talk about being performance coaches but then that requires a lot of explanation as well. But what Abby's saying is, you know, coaching is really about moving forward. It's, and mm -hmm. it's sometimes I think people perceive it as weakness to need a coach, especially really driven people, really independent people. But as you, as you mentioned, you know, athletes and everybody who's high performing, they already have a coach. So it isn't weakness is actually maximizing your performance. Yeah. It actually takes a lot of strength as someone personal experience, it takes a lot of strength to actually ask for help. A lot mm -hmm. of people see it as, as a weakness and it's easy to see that way in the moment, but the truth mm -hmm. is it actually does take quite a bit of strength to ask someone to help get you unstuck, right? To move you forward. Okay. Let's talk about burnout. Burnout. I see burnout all the time. And, and sometimes I look at burnout and I think people are ridiculous, right? I, everyone's <laughs> how they feel is how you feel, how you perceive things is how you perceive things. But sometimes I'm like, wow, you're burnout. How can you possibly be burnout? And then other yeah. times I see people that are like running a million, a million miles an hour, seven days a week, and they don't seem to get burnout. Why do some people seem to struggle with this more than others? And what are some things that you can help people do to over overcome burnout or even better yet, avoid it in the first place? Yeah, that, that's the goal is to avoid it in the first place. Right? Yeah. Exactly. 
you, you probably see our body language and us getting excited and lean in when you start to talk about burnout. And it is something that we have really been exploring and researching and going after for three years now. And uh, we have statistics and data and all the things actually data specific to dentistry also. Uh, but really, I think, you know, what you said about the fact that it is, it really is an overused word. Becca has a statistic on millennials, which nothing against millennials in any way. It is an example of the overuse of the word. And it's 98%, right? Right. And 98% yeah. of millennials say that they're burned out. And, mm -hmm. and we say that, as Abby said, nothing against millennials, yeah. but just to illustrate the fact that it has become kind of an overused term mm -hmm. that's a pro applied really broadly to basically anybody who's feeling stress. And right. that isn't burnout. Um, stress, and, I mean, there is stress involved in burnout, but there's a lot more than that involved in burnout. And, you know, one of the things we we start with when we're presenting or anything is kind of landing on a common definition or set of definitions of burnout. Like what, what exactly are we talking about? And right. the World Health Organization defines it, you know, and, and, and their definition applies specifically to the workplace, which we have some issues with, but we have a lot of issues. With <laughs> yeah. We love the World Health Organization, but we, we have issues. Yeah, sure. we don't think it's a specifically a work thing. But if you, you know, if you look at their components of burnout, it's pretty easy to understand. And so one of those is exhaustion. Right. And that's I'm sure that's the most common symptom of burnout. Uh, it's not the only one. The other one is kind of cynicism towards your job, feeling disconnected and cynical and like loss of hope. And then the third one is just feeling like you're not doing a good job. It's, you know, lack of professional efficacy. Mm -hmm. I, and, and it can be true or not. It doesn't matter. I mean, it's either you feel that you're not doing a good job or you're actually not doing a good job. But those three components, you know, are what we call the technical definition of burnout. Sure. We, we really wrestled with that for a long time because, you know, even there's burnout inventories, there's all sorts of, you know, really well-researched, you know, interventions and things that you can use. And a lot of them were pointing towards that professional workplace burnout. And when we began digging and, and really looking at it, you know, one of the conversations that we have repeatedly is that we recognize that we are whole beings and there is no way that the Abbey that I am at home is not the Abbey that walks across the, you know, the threshold of my workplace. And, sure. you know, we bring those things back and forth. And so what does it look like to look at burnout as a whole person, which is really what we have been doing for the past few years. So we have the technical definition and then we have some favorites that are what we call the real life definitions of burnout. We can share a couple with you if you like. Absolutely. Sure. Because I think it's important for people okay. to understand exactly. Because I think that definition has changed. A lot of definitions yes. change. And I think yeah, this is probably absolutely. one. That has. So tell me what's uh, your definition. So there's two that we love the most. And one is by John Eldridge, who wrote a book called Resilient. And he says that burnout, burnout is the buildup of hundreds and thousands of little disappointments, each one barely noticeable on its own. Sure. That's 
one of them. The second one is by a lady by the name of Paula Davis, and she wrote a book called Beating Burnout at Work. We love her book because it really is a system that you can implement as a team. And it talks about workplace culture and ways to mitigate, you know, build systems that mitigate burnout. And her definition is for most of us, the hundreds of miniature bruises we experience each day determine the overall quality of our lives far more dramatically than the giant traumas that punctuate the decades. Yeah. I, I feel like I align with that. I'm sure some of our listeners do too. I kind of, for me, I've always kind of equated like burnout to winning or not. Right. So in other words, if I were to run a marathon, I'm not going to run a marathon, but if I ran a marathon, if I won that marathon after those 26.2 miles, I probably wouldn't feel very much exhaustion at all at the moment. But if I came in last place after running 26.2 miles, I would probably be the most exhausted person on the planet. Does that seem pretty accurate to you? Absolutely. Right. And that goes into that tech, part of the technical definition of, you know, part of burnout is exhaustion. And then that last piece is that you know, feeling like you're not doing well. So if you run those miles and you feel like you didn't do well, you're, like you said, you're going to be a lot more exhausted. It's like beating your head against the wall, you know, when you're not feeling effective. You know, one of the most rewarding jobs I ever had was um, when I was a kid hanging wallpaper, both in people's homes and commercial, like in hotels, it was a very rewarding job. Um, One, there was very little stress, right? Um, Mm -hmm. Once you make sure that the wallpaper is not going to peel up back off the wall, your stress yeah. is over in that gig. But every day you get to see a significant amount of progress. I started over there and now I'm down here and it looks 10 times better than it did. I think in dentistry, that's kind of hard. I think sometimes when somebody does restore a crown, it looks great or, you know, cosmetic case ends, it's great. But I think it's hard to find some of those wins on a daily basis. And I'm sure that's a big part of what you help people do. We need to shift here a little bit because of time, but... Let's let's talk about actionable steps that somebody can take today. Obviously, they can reach out to you. I think that's a really good thing, but that's not going to be instant. What's something that somebody can do right now in this moment in the next 15 to 30 to 45 minutes that can make them feel less burned out, can make them feel happier, more excited, more enthusiastic? What are what are some steps they can take? What are some things they can do? I think one of the first things and this is going to sound probably oversimplified, but it really is true in our experience. And that is that so often, especially as professionals, there's a, there's a lack of vulnerability to be able to say, this is really truly how I'm feeling. Mm -hmm. And then to be able to step forward into that and lean into that to say, okay, what are the actionable steps as you mentioned? But the very first one is to acknowledge it without shame, um, even to our teams and to be able to say, this is where I'm at and I'm taking steps to, you know, on the spectrum of burnout, because it is a spectrum, you know, to move from burnout towards thriving and I'm taking those steps, but these, you know, this is the way that I'm feeling right now. And if we are able to be vulnerable and authentic with our teams and our workplaces and at home, it really is a, a brilliant step forward. Uh, for sure. So that's the first thing that we see is that it's almost like a closet conversation that people have, you know, like I'm feeling burned out or it's a blanket term that they really don't understand. And they're not, it's just the talking about it instead of the moving into what are the solutions. Um, That's the other thing that we see. Yeah. Well, I mean, just it's, 
and it does sound oversimplified, but starting with some emotional intelligence, some self-awareness. And like one of the biggest obstacles to people, you know, seeking help is they just, I mean, I, I can remember many conversations with people just saying, I don't know what's wrong. I, I you know, I, I'm not right. I don't know what to do because I don't know what's wrong. Something's not right. And so right. something as simple as, I mean, you can get online and, and Google burnout inventory. There's, there's hundreds of them and they're all very similar, but finding a starting point for yourself, like this, this is where I am right now. And just raising your awareness. I mean, it's this amazing thing of kind of identifying where you are in a starting point gives you like a 50% increase in being successful in any area that you're focused on. So if you want to raise your awareness, say about, you know, uh, physical health, improving physical health is a huge thing for combating burnout. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe just take note, you know, where am I physically? What's one thing I could do to improve my physical health? Just the acknowledgement that you have to do that takes a weight off of your brain that actually in increases what we call your capacity, your ability to handle life. And that alone can help you combat burnout. It's just that awareness piece. Sure. Sure. That makes total sense to me. Helping others with burnout, right? So in the dental community, in the online communities and online communities, we all know what that looks like when we're not in the community, when we're kind of outside looking and in the com community, what can, if you want to be a person that is positive, that is adding to the community, that is inspiring other people, that is bringing positive energy in this area of burnout, what are some things that you can do on social media? What are some things that you could post on the forum? Some things that you could say that would either lessen the burnout that people are having, especially if it's not, I don't want to call it legitimate because it's legitimate to them, but if it's not your definition of burnout or whose definition of burnout and what, what can be done there, right? How can you, how can you be a spotlight, a, a ray of sunshine and, and negative online space? I love your question and yep. we have never gotten a question like that. And I love it so much. I, the, the first, the phrase that came to mind when you said that is for me is for, is level setting, like being able to talk about it, being able to define it, being able to offer practical solution focused strategies. That's the thing. Our passion with thrive is that it is absolutely true that there are evidence-based solution-focused strategies that we can interact with that move us away from burnout. And, and you can actually promise, like if you interact with these things, then you're going to be less burned out. And so that's the other thing is there really are solutions. You're not stuck in that place. It doesn't mean you have to change your place of employment. It doesn't mean you, you know, you went down the wrong path professionally. It doesn't mean that it means, you know, calling attention to it and acknowledging it and recognizing that there are things that you can do to move forward. Is burnout contagious? Is there, is there evidence that points of burnout being contagious? It is, yeah. especially in the workplace. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. So if you're burned out as the leader of your team, good mm -hmm. possibility your entire team is going to be burned out, which is probably going to make you more burned out. And, yeah. <laughs> and, and uh, you've got one heck of a negative feedback loop going on. Yeah. Um, negative to get spiral. Talking, yeah. Yeah. Right. To get in touch with the both of you, I know on Instagram, you can go to at Instagram at thrive underscore by underscore design underscore coaching. What's another way that our listeners can reach out to you if they want to learn more about you and, and beating burnout? 
We are also on Facebook under Thrive by Design Coaching as well. And both of those locations have links to our emails, our business phone, and our website as well. Awesome. I want to thank you so much for coming on. It's a great subject. It's a lot of challenges, and I'm glad you're here helping people overcome these things. Thank you very much for having us on. Yes.